0: The following podcast contains spoilers and adult language. We recommend listening after you've already seen the movie in question, but we're not your boss, do what you like. Brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash matinee manatees. If you like what you've heard and like to hear more, consider becoming a patron. Donations start at just one dollar a month, and half of all profits after hosting costs go towards actual manatee habitat preservation, because we figured, you know, why not? Hope you enjoy the show. Back, everybody, to Mad Name I'm back. I died for a little bit, but I'm back now. You Um, seem to keep doing that. Yeah, I mean, I've got a problem with, uh, uh, no self preservation instinct. Mm Uh-huh. Uh, so I kind of just, you know, something dangerous will come up and everyone else will be like, let's not do that. And I'll be like, do what? And I'll, I'm already there. And <laughs> getting ground up by uh, freeze rays. What was, I'm trying to be topical about by reflected solar beams that, let's be real, if it can melt ice in five minutes would also kill hundreds of people. (laughs) Possibly Uh, Yeah. Possibly the entire population of a city that I assume is the size of New York and Los Angeles combined. I can't believe your Batman journey's over. Well, I mean... The... Classic... Your journey is over. And then they were talking about doing the Dark Knight trilogy, so... Oh, excellent. Because there's, yeah. there's always more Batman movies. There's like... There's six more if you want to get into them. They just made one with uh, the shovel guy from Twilight. Yeah. I, I, um. Apparently, Anthony really doesn't want to watch Batman v Superman, but I kind of want to force him to watch that. I mean, he forced you to watch Batman Robin. I think it's only fair. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think we actually talked about uh, doing a different trilogy or series of movies that I choose. So, we'll see about Ah. that. But that's, that's in the future. Ah. And I have to figure out a series that he either hasn't watched or hasn't watched in a very long time and then we can do that one. Yeah, I think you're gonna have trouble playing the the reverse on that one because Anthony is a movie guy. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if it's if it's at least a series that he hasn't seen in a while, then it might work. Like, you know, why don't we watch the Neverending Story trilogy or something? Because none of those movies have come out in 30 years, so that's a pretty good trilogy. I I'll take actually no, it's, an, it's a pretty good single movie and then. Terrible trilogy. <laughs> I was going to say, I think I saw the first one, but I haven't seen any of the other ones. You know, I liked the second one when I was a kid. I have no idea if I liked it because it was good or just because, like, it had puppets in it. Hmm. I think the third one is universally great to be terrible. Hmm. <laughs> But that's not what we're, we're here to discuss today. Nope, We've, we, are, we are gathered here today because uh, a new patron uh, requested Felix the Cat in 1988, thanks to Druid of Dark. I don't know your real name. I assume that's not given name so much as an internet name, but <laughs> man, if that's your given name that's rad, and your parents are rad or cruel.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> they didn't have a specific shout-out saying the movie would speak for itself, and it kinda of does. Wait, did they say. They said Felix the mm-hmm. Cat? Felix the Cat, 1988. Well, shit, we have a problem. Because I watched 1972's Fritz the Cat, which is, um. Ah. Uh, I'm a little. I'm. I'm a little relieved because I was concerned that I was going to have to have some sort of discussion with you about uh, cats having sex with people. But um, okay, I'm. I'm relieved. Uh, let me. Go, give me like five seconds, I'll go watch the movie, and then I'll come yeah, right back. Yeah, just fast forward a real fast and do the thing. Yeah, it'll be fine. I'll just vamp for a little while. Okay. So, did you guys know that, um... Okay, Gareth I'm back. Is Water Man, Man, that movie was Sweet. short. Yeah, it's not super long, which, which I like. Um, it is like being stuck in a nightmare, but not like <laughs> a terrible nightmare. <laughs> Just yeah. like the same sort of dream logic as a nightmare. Yeah. And I actually, I, I wanted to shout out Drew dark I had. More fun with this. I'm not saying it's a better movie, but I had more like scientific fascination watching this movie than I have in a while. (laughs) 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 Yeah, it's. I mean, I had no idea what I was getting to going into it, because. My entire frame of reference for Felix the Cat is the 1992 NES game, which I definitely must have rented a few times because I own the 1993 Game Boy version of the game, but I don't own the NES oh. version of the game. And it has nothing to do with the movie. It's just, you know... Do the, you have magic bag? Yeah, he has his magic bag. Well, That's the entire game. It make... has something to do with the movie. Well, I mean, the... It was a TV show. It was a cartoon back in the 50s before it was this movie. Yeah, and in the 20s. Hmm. Yeah, so I think the the I think the game was based on the cartoon or comic strip or whatever other prior um, media were freedom you know, made for Felix the Cat. Because there's so, uh, no mention of or- Oriana. Is that the name of the place? Or. Or. Uh. Oriola? <laughs> Ori- Oriola is the guy who made it. Yeah. Or. I think I it's Oriana thinking, I keep calling it Oriola. Uh let me see. Yeah, it, it's Oriana. Sorry, I Okay. Um I keep there's Oriana. There's a good chance I might accidentally call it. Or a choreo because I'm playing through Pokemon Ultra Moon right now, and that's one of the earlier Pokemon you can catch. Business. ULTRA MOON? Yeah. Isn't that just the sun? Uh, no. There's also Ultra Sun is another yeah, version of the same game. Uh, that sounds dangerous. Oh, it is. I mean, I wouldn't want to be anywhere near an ultrasound. That's terrifying. I, mean, I guess if you're correspondingly far away in your orbit, then aren't years like forty-seven years long? Probably if it's two years old. That sucks. It might be, yeah. But I'm not an astronomer. Nor I. I used to teach an astronomy course I actually should remember more about things <laughs> So if the sun's bigger I think you're okay because you just have to be further away from the Sun. yeah also if if the sun turned into black hole we probably wouldn't die we'd probably just orbit it. But it'd be cold. Um, these are the things I know. I nearly took an astronomy course once, and then I didn't because it was supposed to be at like 9 o'clock at night. And, um, I was a big pansy about going out at night and like having to stay out and uh stay out in darkness basically because I can't see at night at all so I actually had like three of my students ask when and if you want to show up for the lab section of astronomy you know it starts at, like nine o'clock why is it so late? <laughs> <laughs> well, guys. I don't well, we don't live on the... You know, we don't live in Alaska, so we can't have 24 hours of darkness. Yet. Straight. We don't live in Alaska yet. True. I, I might, might go there. Seems like its the last place it's gonna be melted by global warming. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Now it's. Yeah. So I did some research on Felix the cat. Okay. Uh, just compulsively because I have a uh, disorder that hasn't been diagnosed. But Fuse like Cow was created in 1919 by either the Australian Pat Sullivan or someone named Otto Mesmer who was working for him as his lead animator. That theme sounds really familiar. Otto Mesmer? Yeah. I feel like there was was another, uh, there was like a Dr. Mesmer who did something with hypnosis and that's where Mesmerize comes from, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Possibly. Possibly. sleep studies or or maybe it was like like a Nazi or something, I don't know. (laughs) I haven't (laughs) looked up. You talk about Felix the Cat while I look up Otto Messner. Oh, mesmer yeah. star. Uh, two S's. Two yeah. S's. M e s s m e r. Yep. Yeah. Um, created in 1919, and was super popular during the silent film era. But when the sound films came out, Felix wasn't very popular anymore. Uh, and they only tried producing sound cartoons of Fields from 1929 to 1932. But then in 1953, a guy named Joe Oriolo uh, redesigned it for American cartoons. And that's when he got his magic bag of tricks. So if you've watched the really old cartoons, there's no magic bag. And also he has whiskers he looks a little different. And I thought this was the same story or that this movie was written by the same guy who redesigned him. Uh, cause this story was also written by someone named Oriolo, but it's actually his son. Yeah. Cause I think. I think. Joe Oriolo died in like 1985 or something. So his son. Yeah. Uh, Don took it over. Yeah, I didn't realize that the first time. I was like, this is a really weird story, but I guess it was written by the guy who reinvented the character. It's weird. It's so different than the cartoons. Oh, no, it's not. (laughs) But, yeah, so the, the Felix cartoon... Sorry, Felix the Cat cartoons I remember were the 50s ones because I remember the magic bag and... You know, Poindexter, the professor, always trying to get the magic bag, and I think I lost solid five or six of them. But still, it's, it's memorable and almost entirely unrelated to this movie, except for the presence of the said magic bag. This movie was produced in 1988, but didn't get released until April 1991 which is a tough year for movies if you recall that's the same year as Point Break Robin Hood Prince of Thieves and Ernest Scared Stupid
1: <laughs>
0: so this is a favorite year of ours I mean one, one of those is halfway decent Um, all of those are amazing. What are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) The budget was nine million dollars, and box office take was something like two million dollars. That's rough. It was directed by Tibor Hernadi. Who also directed Masters of Time, Johnny Cobb and Bavar King of the Elephants. Yeah, I, I've seen Bavar oh. the movie, but not Bavar King of the Elephants. Hmm. Yeah, I, um... I did a little research into this movie, not as much as you did, but I realized, I found out that, I guess, Don Oriolo, God, it's so hard to remember his name and not call him like Oreo or Oreo cookie or something. But like, i calling him Oriolo. Yeah. Oriolo. Yeah. Oriolo. It's like that. There's that song about a giant Yo-Yo. Oriolo. I have no idea. But yeah, he's a giant. he used to stomp around, but if you played the song, he had to dance, and that way you could stop him from destroying your village. I don't remember that at all. Uh, yo-yo. Uh, yo-yo. Uh, LeVar Burton read it to me on Reading Rainbow when I was a wee lad. Oh, okay. Yeah, I barely remember reading Rainbow. It's been many, many decades since I've watched it. It's good He's stuff, other dad. <laughs> but the the deal with this movie was that. It was apparently supposed to be a TV pilot movie that they were going to spin off into an actual, you know, TV show. Uh, but then instead of it being a TV pilot, they apparently, when Don Oriello took it over, Uh, then he took the project to Europe and the entire thing was like created in, uh, with like Hungarian, with a Hungarian crew, which may or may not explain the incredibly weird, uh, the mouth Sinking, not the mouth's like not syncing with the the voiceovers at all in this movie. Yeah, like the the twenties cartoons that have no sound are kind of better synced to what the words are supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, anyway, it was kind of interesting finding out that, like, the entire movie was produced in Hungary and also a little bit in, I think, Bulgaria and Poland. So. Okay. Now, I sort of gathered that from the, uh... I I was reading the credits the first time through. Yeah, I still think a lot of those names are fake. I think they puffed out their own credits. Well they did like there are like there are six or seven editors with the first name Edit. <laughs> Which might be a Hungarian name, but I don't know, guys. I don't know. know. There was, like, the list of animators, they had, like, 70 animators, and half of them only had first initials. They didn't have first names. So maybe those were also fake. So, uh, of the, like, listen, I, I don't just want to be racist or whatever and not understand Hungarian names, because I know that, you know, different cultures have different names, I just, some of these have got to be fake names, right? Edit Cover. Edit Edit Pangsack. Uh, Edit Hernati, which is just the name of the director, but with Edit instead for the first name. Woody Wilson. Uh. Emmy <laughs> Fucky. Okay. Steve Seagal. <laughs> Steve Seagal. Um I I didn't know he is uh so multi-talented. Betty Roseggi That could just be a really fortunately rhyming name that's mm. really cool, but uh Booby Melsker <laughs> Uh <laughs> that could just be a typo. Andrea Borbelly That's amazing Andrea Baggy Andrea Balog <laughs> Erica Kiss Erica Cox Kiss Oh wow uh, Borbola Agnes and Gunter Gaspar. Yeah, I wasn't I didn't pay close attention to the names, that's amazing. Those could all be real names, but they could also easily be fake names I used to pat about, and either way I love them. Uh, I just <laughs> I think I have to steal Gunther Gaspar for my next D character. That's a fantastic yeah, there, there were a bunch. I was just sort of watching the credits for like you know forty-five seconds, like shit. I gotta write some of these down <laughs> <when> it started. <laughs> so there's a bunch more. Might just be Hungarian names, and maybe I'm just being a dick. But also, I mean first same booby is probably made up right maybe not. It it's either made up or it's a typo it could be bobby and they just messed up put two o's instead i mean it's not spilled booby directly it's like b-u-b-y but oh okay then in that case but possibly maybe Anyway, I love this movie because I hate this movie. <laughs> I love this movie. <laughs> it's, uh, it, is, it is hard to pin down. It. it uh, also, I, I was trying to collect ratings on it like I always do. It has a 4.7 IMDb. A 33% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. No tomato meter score on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> no critics have ever seen it. And I cannot find it on Amazon Video. <laughs> so there's I found also it. No score for that. Well, I didn't did? find it. I didn't find the video. But I found a DVD version of Felix the Cat. It has also like VHS tapes and several other versions of it. Ooh, how many stars does it have do you wanna take a guess? Exactly four. I'm gonna go with four point five. So I will preface this rating by telling you that there are all of three people who have rated this movie. Okay. And it has five stars. Out of five on Shit. Amazon.com, it is the greatest this movie. Is the that's best ever movie you've ever created. seen. Is the greatest movie what? ever created. Okay, well that should tell you all you need to know, audience. This is the best movie on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Only movie I think we've seen that isn't four point five stars on Amazon, and the only one too good for rotten tomatoes critics to <laughs> at the first. <laughs> <best>. <laughs> uh, I am going to go on Amazon after this and also give it five stars to <laughs> I think I will have to as well will nearly double the amount of ratings it has. I'm gonna make uh, two more decoy Rotten Tomatoes uh, accounts and give it 10 out of 10 on that. Just, just basically just hurt people. Just trap them. Yes. <laughs> It's a pit track. trap of, uh, of reviews. There you go. Uh, this movie's amazing. It opens with a terrifying balloon head of Felix. <laughs> sort of rotating around randomly with... Late 80s CGI? Yeah, or some sort of mo-cap, because it has that weird, like, sort of grainy in and out look of like, like rotoscoping a little bit. I can't tell what exactly. I think like, it's... maybe they animated on a picture of a ball or something. I think I it's both. You know? I think it was like part puppetry, part CGI, like they probably used the, the sort of ball, the sort of maybe thing to twirl it around so it looks like it's turning its head around. But then like the, the mouth movements and the eye movements and everything is CGI. And man, I, 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 sometimes I forget how far CGI has come in the last 35 years, (laughs) because holy shit, this is like really basic CGI. And also what I love about it is it's, it's notably like, uh. Uh, conspicuously 3D in a movie that is very much not 3D or CGI. It's kind of just... I was worried for the first 30 seconds. It's like, oh god, is this the movie? (laughs) This is gonna be rough. I'm too high for this, and I'm not high. It's like it's, it's just Felix talking a Felix balloon CGI head talking at you for seventy-five minutes. Or other CGI heads come in to like it yeah. back and forth. Yeah. Actually I wonder if that's format A one's done yet. Like uh Felix like hat opening slash Beginning of Mario 64, just floating heads. <laughs> a sitcom. I'd make one of those for a little bit. Probably yeah. not a full episode, but I think is. I'll make one of those. I have some computer skills. What? <laughs> I did 20 years ago. <laughs> anyway. He uh, says something about he... going into another dimension, which I thought was a, a decent joke. Cause like you know, he's in the third dimension at this point, but then he's gonna travel into the second dimension for his traditional I didn't animation. Catch that. Well, he says I probably some... should have, I'm so, I'm so used to 3D shit now, that like, it, it didn't hit the way it probably did in 1988, you know? Yeah, he just says something about, you know, they're gonna travel to the distant land of Oriana, which is another dimension. And so I was like, oh shit. He's in the third dimension now. And he's going into the second. It's a different dimension. That was just how my brain interpreted it. Sort of like a cool world. Where it's... Although, then they... They animate both dimensions exactly the same, which is too bad. But... Yeah. That would have been cool. Like, weird 3D feel-off thing goes into... I don't know. I'm I'm offering advice like this movie isn't perfect. I (laughs) don't know what I'm doing. So we... We open on a weird castle place. Mm-hmm. And my very first note is the mouths aren't synced up to the speech at all. And that continues throughout. Yeah. The animation itself isn't bad, the art isn't bad. It's just not synced up at all. Yeah, it just it just looks like random, the random mouth movements over just people talking normally. Yeah, it's, it's like you you sometimes get that with ADR for a line or two in some movies, or that. What do they call that that punch-up stuff they do where, where, like, when a character isn't even phasing the camera, they'll just throw in a joke? Afterwards, it's just called punch-up. It's just just called punch-up? Yeah. It's like ADR and punch-up, but the whole thing somehow. Hmm. It's like they animated everything first and then they went ahead and did all the voice acting. Yeah, or like those, those joke uh, dubbings where you mm-hmm. don't speak the language, you just sort of make up your own plot over it like video on YouTube sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, like that. Yeah. I like those generally. <laughs> so, Master of Synchro and Sweet And here's the other thing like, it's animated. You can do whatever design for the enemies you want, but as if it was a. Uh, a real-life props special effects house or <laughs> CG they couldn't afford much on. The enemies are cubes and cylinders. <laughs> and they're called cubes and cylinders. <laughs> 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 And they're led by Mysterio from Spider-Man. <laughs> Who is actually animated, but he's the only one. Everyone else is a very simple geometric shape. Yeah, all the other bad guys, rather. Yeah. And there's this obviously evil old man named like Grumper. Grump? Grumpton? Something like yeah, that. Grumper. Grumper, which is a great name. Oh yeah. He's obviously evil. He's dressed in like this weird SS uniform. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, I'll stay behind with all the evil guys because I'm not evil. And she's like, cool, good plan. <laughs> but then there's this princess of this is made up. This is Fios the Cat, it's just how Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not skipping anything, no. Nope. This is the actual beginning. She, she, and they're having an argument about how she's, we're being invaded, uh, what's going on? he's like, well, you just banned the entire army. And she's like, yeah, I did. Hell yeah, I did. That's okay. All the civilians will fight. you like, they won't. They lost already. She's like, what the hell? <laughs> and so they... She runs away, but not very fast. And they catch her immediately. So she sends her tear... She magically animates her tear, turns it into like a, a, a Zelda fairy, and sends it through an elevator to go grab a hero from Cartoon Mascot World. Which is basically just the plot song of Sonic the hedgehog, right? Uh I don't you mean the movie? Or something. I guess else? I mean that one game where he goes and rescues a princess. Oh yeah. Actually, I did write that down later. That was, yeah, Sonic 2006. Yeah, I actually wrote down later, like, I'm getting major Sonic 06 vibes from this. Yeah, and it's like, if you took Mickey Mouse and Sonic 06 and Labyrinth, (laughs) and he's just sort of like blended them up together and then you took what you had and then you just left in the sun for like a couple weeks longer than you meant to, then I think you've got this, basically. That feels about right, yeah. Yeah. He does have a sort of soft hedgehog look to him, huh? With, like, the little round body and the long legs and stuff. Yeah. I mean, he came first, in fairness, but... True. But, yeah, he definitely feels like the sort of mascot uh, video game platformer sort of things that came out over the la- over like the early to mid-90s, your Sonic the Hedgehogs, your Arrow the Acrobats, your Zero the Comicazy Squirrels, your Rocket Knight Adventures, your other things. Yeah, but, but I just feel like he, he looks like that sort of archetypal Sonic and Knuckles and Tails and I, I, uh, whatever the chameleon and whatever the armadillo. Yeah. Like, it's the same kind of. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, he. he it definitely reminds me more of like a Sonic type character or a Tails or an Amy Rose or the other characters that so I can remember. That's a thing. Yeah. Sonic is rad, guys. I know that like the fandom's really weird because everyone wants to have sex with them, that's strange, but Sonic's rad, I'm just... I'm not in. <laughs> but... I've got positive person Sonic, I just want to get that out there. <laughs> Do not send me fan art of Sonic the Hedgehog, but Sonic's late. right. You've already given... you ah. open the door. Did there be a... I know I'm mixing my metaphors, but you already opened the door and the floodgates are about to be... <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> you already opened the door and the cat's out of the bag and the barn door's open and the floodgates are open. <laughs> and... <laughs> the drawbridge is down and... Uh, uh, I mean, I think he'd be a good video game main character. Like, the magic bag is rad. I want that bag. I mean... Oh, and I guess Teletubbies, because Tinky Winky also has a magic bag. Hmm. I mean, there was the... Does anyone remember Teletubbies? That kind of came and went. I mean, I never saw it. I mean, I I knew it existed, but I never watched it, because I think I was too old for it at the time. Well, this was before, like, on-demand TV, so whenever I was home and bored at, like, you know, during school hours, I would usually have whatever was on, on. It's like, I don't want to watch daytime TV of, like, weird court shows and people making money off of people's lives falling apart because that depressed me even then. And I don't want to watch weird evangelists Try and inspire you with stories about how some people constantly survived that medicine. So, tell Tubbies. I mean, admittedly, when I was, if whenever I was younger and I would stay home from school, I and, uh, I did watch, like, the courtroom, uh, bullshit dramas, and, uh, you know, The Price is Right and whatever else, but, yeah, I... Price is Right was good. Oh, yeah. And I don't mean to shame anyone who did like the courtroom dramas, they just made me so depressed. Like to do with the Jerry Springer stuff like, oh cool, these people's lives are falling apart. <laughs> you know, I didn't uh Yeah, I didn't pick up on that when I was, you know, nine, ten, eleven years old or whatever. I was just like <laughs> they're yelling at each other and this person gets five thousand dollars. <laughs> I didn't realize, you know, the both the, uh, plaintiff and defendant get the money beforehand so it's not like they're losing anything. Yeah, there's that. Mm. Also, I only had, like, I had, like, five channels. So there weren't that many options. I mean, I did too. Like, listen, we, we, we act like, uh, you know, the, the gulf between, you know, uh, grandparents growing up with a carton and buggy and stuff, and then modern times is huge, but then the gulf in our lifetime isn't. It was pretty different, I think, honestly. Oh yeah, for sure. Pre pre cell phone, pre internet, like that was that was a pretty different world. We all drove cars still, and it looked the same from like crowd shots, but <laughs> it was super different. Yeah, we'd like go places and like interact with people. Face to face, strange times. I worked at Blockbuster Video, guys. <laughs> That's a good time. I mean, it wasn't a good time, it was at work, but. It was. I, I liked going there before I worked there. Yeah. Exactly. Then I hated it. That seems to be the case of a lot of things, right? Like, oh, this place is so cool. And then you end up seeing how the the sausage is made. And you're like, oh, no. I don't want that. I don't like this at all. Yeah, I don't even know if it's that. I think it was just the association. Because I worked at ice cream place, and I just don't like ice cream anymore. Mm -hmm. Not because I was disgusted by how they made it, but because I had too much. Mm -hmm. And it associated with not being where I want to be and not having my own time. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, the point is, um, she doesn't go away, she sends a, peer, a tear, a tear, a tear, a tear <laughs> uh, to it, So well, I don't even remember where it finds him. It just goes into this world. He seems homeless, right? He's just sort of hanging out somewhere. He... I think. It, I mean, I think it just randomly finds him because the whole there's some prophecy about a dark stranger who's going to save. The their dimension and I guess the tear just finds the first dark creature it can and it just constantly like you know uh, hey listens at him to try and get him to follow and of course Felix's very confused because he's a, yeah, I guess he's just like all he wants to know is like what are you doing and then he's just continually following this thing where the thing is just trying to get him to follow it so which is fair as I would too like yeah. if I'm out wandering around the streets like I do in my spare time and like a little fairy thing comes up, it's like, "Come with me and need your help." Like, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. <laughs> like out. I'm following it. I just <laughs> like if this is a trap, I'm dying. But so the the dark stranger has to the world wasn't that more or less the joke behind the uh, martin lawrence black knight movie i haven't seen that one i've heard of it but like it's supposed to be a Black Knight, but then just gets a black guy and tells him he's a knight, and he's like, Oh shit, you didn't didn't phrase your spell well enough, it's Martin Lawrence. I think. I, I saw that movie 25 years ago or something. But, uh,. You're just noticing perils, because that's what I do instead of, uh, you know, intelligent criticism. Um, but Felix is a cat. He, he talk, and he shoot eye beams that transform his bag, and he gets peed on by foxes? I wasn't entirely sure what happens there. I think they just rough them off and pee on them, but I think they actually pee on them. Like, I don't think I'm inventing that. I think that's... That's what was going on. One of the things... A running... Not gag... But a running theme of this movie for me is that when it goes especially when it goes to like the musical numbers and there are several of them in this movie which I was also not expecting at all but like the animation gets so chaotic that I can't tell in the slightest what's going on. <laughs> like, there's so many, like, cam, the camera just sort of moves around so quickly, and characters just like, just bolt from place to place. Like, I don't know what's happening at all, so. Whenever a musical number popped up, I would just, like... I wouldn't stop paying attention, but I would sort of, like, stop watching. Because, like, I don't know what's happening on screen, so I'm just going to listen to this song. And can I just say that the music in this movie is fucking amazing like every i liked the one in the circus where they're i forget the refrain was like we're happy because he tells us we are yeah or something the who is the boss about yeah I liked that one. I don't remember any of the others to just sort of start in the middle of a conversation and stop abruptly. Well, I mean, that's definitely the best song in there is the Who is the Boss, which is a pretty long intro to the, the Duke of Zill, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. But there's also, like, there's a song, the song that plays when Princess Riello has to dance for the crowds. And I, it sounded really familiar to me, but I couldn't place it. I thought it might have been, like, a ripoff of another song but I couldn't find any sort of reference to that. And then there's a song, I think it's called like, Something Something More Than Friends. And it's like, there are a lot of really good, very 80s songs in this movie and they're all like fantastic. Now are these established songs? I remember during the credits I began to recognize the the tune that was going on was just like a slowed down lyricless version of a more popular song that I remember it was like a cover uh no like none of these were cover. Cover. the yeah. only established song was the Felix the Cat theme which was sung right at the beginning of the credits everything else is a quote original song unquote but there are definitely several songs that Are you really reminiscent of more popular songs? I just can't put, I just can't remember, sorry, just can't put my finger on which ones they are. that's fair. I also, I, I had a problem where I wasn't really comprehending that we were now in a musical number until it was over sometimes? (sighs) Well, I mean, some of these Fox thing... Some of these musicals are... Some of these musical numbers are, like, 30 seconds long. These aren't, like, full-fledged three-minute singles. These are, like... Yeah, the... They don't queue up at all, they just sort of start. Yeah, and then before you know it, they're over. Yeah, like, slide Like a Fox, I think is this first one. Yeah. And I just sort of feels like, oh, hey, this is a song. Oh wait, it's not anymore. He got, <laughs> got peated on, he thinks he won. That was, like, (laughs) the whole (laughs) Uh, Also, Felix's jokes, and this makes me, like, but his jokes are always terrible. He has the little one-liners for no reason. It's just, like, a pun. Mm -hmm. You know, the fox will even like, Oh! I'll fox them! Also, he sounds exactly like Mickey Mouse. Yeah. That's <laughs> just his voice. I. Like, I haven't. I don't remember watching the 50s cartoon, but I don't. I wonder if he had the same Mickey Mouse ripoff voice, or if that was just a choice that they made for this movie now i should double check i'm i'm talking out of school here but i thought that was intentional because the argument was mickey mouse kind of ripped off felix the cat who came first as a silent film things so they're like well fuck you then we'll take care of I don't, I don't know if that's an actual thing, but I I don't even know where I read that. I heard that somewhere. They were just like, "Yo, yeah, you still are eye and body and black and white and cartoon movement styles. I was doing your voice. Um, but it didn't work yeah i mean one of them is one of the most universally recognized characters in the history of everything and one of them is a cat with a bag i mean it feels the cat's pretty well recognized I-, I don't think most people this might just be me Like I know who Felix is right away. I don't. I haven't watched most of his things, just as like a a sticker on a window or a a plush doll somewhere. It's like, oh, Felix the cat. You know, he was he was clocks for forty years. You know, it's like yeah. He made it. That's just weird. That's true. But he didn't also launch an empire the way Mickey Mouse did. True. Well, also, it seems like he does the same thing all the time. Because I've only seen a couple of his cartoons. His 50s cartoons. Oh, he has magic bag. It's cool. The professor and Poindexter want to steal the magic bag. You can't build a theme park out of that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like that's. <laughs> it, it, it's a of like uh Roadrunner cartoons are repetitive where like, yeah, this is a theme, but Yeah. This is a one part of an ensemble theme as opposed to Mickey Mouse who's alternatively every major literary character <laughs> uh they just sort of slot him in. Yeah, t- It did seem like a lot of animation back in, like, the 50s would fall into one of two camps. Like, you had your your Disney and your Looney Tunes stuff that was, you know, certain characters are either... Telling original stories or portraying characters from literature. And then you had other animation stuff like Felix the Cat and like the 50s Dick Tracy. Where it was just the same story told 60 times a year. I mean, I know in the 20s, Felix was doing, like, like, Old King Cole was, uh... No, I guess that was one of the 50s ones, too. I saw one full-length Felix movie, or not Felix Felix movie, but, you know, a uh, full half-hour animated special thing Mm -hmm. where it's like going through the story of king cole old king cole something something brave king cole i don't don't know i i know nat king cole they did that once nat king cole's much better I just, I don't know. If Felix was a member of a good ensemble, I think he'd be one of my favorites. I don't think he's got enough going on his own to be his own thing, but, like, I like him better than any single recurring Disney skit character, you know?
1: Hmm. Okay.
0: We got, you know, there's what, there's the, the... You've got the... The Road... That's not Disney, that's Warner Brothers. But yeah. you've got, you know, the... The coyote's always trying to catch the roadrunner. Everything you've got the one guy's trying to hunt Bugs Bunny. Everything you've got. There's that. uh, The the those two mice are always trying to take over the world. Like you know, a lot of (laughs) characters have one thing. It's just then you gotta put them in an ensemble with. A half a dozen, two dozen other characters also have one thing in the have variety show. If it's... If it's just a guy with a bag trying to steal his bag, you know, it's like every episode. Right. And it you turns know. into sort of like the Tom and Jerry stuff where it's just Cat tries to catch Mouse and fails every single time. I mean yeah, other, is a good example of one where like it's a fine idea, but I, I haven't watched multiple episodes of a stretch. You know? Yeah, it's something that you can watch maybe like one or two episodes of and it's like, okay, I get the gimmick of this show. And there's very little, I can't think of the word, sorry, there's very little, um, variety to it. Yeah, uh, innovation doesn't, yes. They should have, they should have made a third army with, uh, Garfield.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: uh, God, who's that other orange one? Um, Heathcliff. Heathcliff. Uh, and maybe Tom and Jerry. Just get all the get all the cats. Yeah. And be like, hey, we're very different. We're just all cats. And then we'll just get Fritz the cat that. and his army will just murder everyone. someone seen Fritz the cat? Uh, very horny, you said? It's very adult. Like, full of, okay. you know, <laughs> sex and drugs and rock and roll, that sort of thing. And sound kind of rad. Yeah. I think, I think Felix is a lot more rock and roll than Mickey. I'll give him that. Oh, for sure. Like, M- Mickey is very milquetoast when it comes to like, being an interesting character. Like, Felix is a, is a mildly interesting character. With a really interesting gimmick in the magic bag. Mickey's just... I think with... Whatever. With Mickey, it's almost the opposite. Like he's been so many different characters that he isn't a character. He's just a look, you know? Yeah. He's a look and a voice, but like he's been... A knight, and a cowboy, and a musketeer, and an astronaut, and a detective, and all the stuff. Where like, I, I don't know, I don't know what Mickey is. Mm-hmm. Mickey is like the Peter Sellers of the animated world. That sounds right. I don't know Peter saws that well either, but yeah, the whole thing like that he was I... never always one personality. Like, like Bugs is always sarcastic and, let's face it, kind of evil. Uh, <laughs> but he's <laughs> consistently that, you know. It's uh, man, mm-hmm. nah. I just. Ah. Nah. I just remember the like Peter Sellers. Um, after a while, I think when he would uh, when he would have interviews, he would say like people would talk to him about about him, about the person behind all of his acting, all of his roles, and everything and he would say I don't know who I am because he's he had portrayed so many different characters from so many different movies and I guess he got into the roles so heavily especially in movies where he played multiple roles that after a while like he lost who he was, like who he, Peter Sellers, the person was. Well, that sounds unpleasant. Yeah, I imagine so. Anyway, so Felix is a cat that shoots out of his back. <laughs> he wanders into a mine because the, the glowing tears leading him there and it has an elevator to a different world just in it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's not an elevator. It's a immense Porter. Right. But it's, but it's... You get in a... You get in a little thing and it goes to the, yeah. You go to you you your dimension to a new dimension. So in, in this dimension uh, the ocean is at a higher altitude than swamps because he's in a he's in a room. And he's trying to get out, so he magics his bag into a jackhammer Mm -hmm. and tries to get out the door, but accidentally busts a hole into the ocean. And seahorses with titties fall in. (laughs) And do a dance. I think this is a song, <laughs> but it was over before I cut off this other song. I don't think this was even a song. This was just like a very quick musical interlude. Like, I can't remember there being lyrics at this point. But yeah, it's again, over before you know it. Well, this is sort of where it starts to really feel like dream logic, like, Oh, this is basically a nightmare, huh? Mm Hmm. Because, like, yeah, like, what what maybe could have happened was earlier, he almost gets run over by a truck, uh, and then, like, the fairy flies away, Maybe he actually did get hit by the truck. And this is just his sort of... It's like his Jacob's Ladder? Yeah. That's a movie we shouldn't do on this podcast. (laughs) 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 Haven't seen it, so I'll take your word for it. Oh, you should definitely watch- Look, I'll- I'll do a- I'll do a horrifying episode on if that's what it takes to make (laughs) you watch it, but... I'm not saying I don't want to, I'm just saying I haven't seen it yet. Excellent. a sharp left turn and mad Man. He's like, now we're doing Jacob's Ladder, Hellraiser, and uh... I spit on your grave. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> you know, so you can sleep. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so he... he He opens a window, or he makes a window, and the ocean falls, and seahorses do a boob dance. I'm not kidding. (laughs) And (laughs) he just sort of keeps on announcing catchphrases, and then eventually flows out into a cave that... Also empties into a swamp and I don't know where the ocean went or was in the first place. But now he's in a swamp. Yeah, like he's with Good. No, I was just gonna say he um but like he's what's strange to me was there was a point where he was like being almost attacked by a shark but then it didn't actually attack him and then he just swam away with his magic bag turning his teeth off right oh yeah He, he like something gets jammed into his teeth but still like he just he swims away faster than the shark can swim, so like, he was never really in any danger at all in the first place. But also, I think he makes friends with the boob seahorses, and they like actually saw the shark's teeth off or down. It looks wicked painful. It more than likely was. I just. I can't tell what the fuck is going on. 80% of the time. The oh, shit, you don't have to go to the dentist. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I. I lost the thread and I never got it back. Yeah. <laughs> but in a swamp with Jim the old timey prospector I thought it was uh, Pim it might be Pim I don't know I just call him the hell for the entirety of this movie with, but he specifically he's got that old like that acts that I've never heard in real life, but I've always heard from miners and prospectors in cartoons. Yeah. Yeah, that like, like the that
1: they're gold nip the
0: sort of voice. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's prospectors and the gopher from Winnie the Pooh. The <laughs> only place that I've heard that voice. Yeah, but he's—he's he's the only person that he's seen, and it turns out the only person in the entire movie, except the princess and Grumper. There I guess else, in the press, he's the only person in this world. There's but also there. uh, a Oriole. I can't remember how whatever the princess's assistant Pearl she's in the movie she's in like three scenes. scenes yeah she's like a fortune teller I have absolutely no idea what she is Tells a fortune in the beginning, but yeah, it's uh I it there's so many things that don't develop into anything, and when something does develop into something, it develops into something within twenty seconds. Mm-hmm. Which is but like, like like right like right here. Yeah old-timey prospector Jim or Pim or Tim or... or Lim... Uh, leads Felix through the swamp, and like, what's that? And he's pointing this, like, balloon seed pod things. So he's like, oh, they're called turbos! <laughs> and then... You know, they grab things, don't worry about them. Then one instantly grabs Felix, and Jim shoots it. (laughs) But he shoots its, like, umbilical cord slash stem. But it turns out Jim was bad, so he captures Felix... Mhm. Because Felix has no agency and doesn't know how to get out of a turbo. Well, it's just a seed swamp balloon. The thing is that uh, they were they were trying to like jump across part of the swamp so they don't get attacked by the whatever the fuck those things are called and Turbos! and um and the prospector tells Felix to throw the bag across first so like he gets the bag and then Felix gets caught in one of the bubbles and then he can't escape yeah. Because he doesn't have his magic bag, because without his magic bag he is useless. So so Pim is like the professor in Poindexter, and that he wants to steal his magic bag. Except Jim hasn't seen the bag be magic. He just knows it's a nice bag. Yeah. Like there's, like, like uh, as <laughs> like when they first meet, uh, Pim says something like, uh, he says something like, you like that you're gonna really need uh that bag is gonna come in real handy for you. It's like. How do you know that? You haven't seen them do anything with that bag. It's just, it's a yellow bag with X's on it. That's all he think. <laughs> Maybe Pim just thinks it's, it's useful because he's never seen anything like that before because... He lives he's, in, got like, he's got clothes and a hat and everything. Yeah, I know, but I mean, he lives in such a dreary world with the Progress City or whatever it was called. So, that's I don't know. True. Maybe he's just never seen something that bright before, he thinks that must be super important because it's. A bright color. It's not drab and dreary like everything else in the the country of Zill. Actually, that makes sense. I'm starting a Pleasantville sort of thing. Yeah, and I keep wanting to call this place Zeal, and it's like, no, this is not a chronic trigger. It's. Something else. Uh, Zeal was. Zeal was frankly a better developed place <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. In that 15 minute segment of that 10 hour total game from 30 years ago.
1: <laughs>
0: God, Crusher is red. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he. Poindexter and the professor follow uh, and there's this weird little dragon lizard thing that jumps out but Poindexter shoots it with a shrink ray that is never revisited uh, but he has a shrink ray It seems like Poindexter has an answer for everything. And then it's always just discarded after one use. Yeah, Poindexter almost has his own magic bag, but it's like robot transforming things. Because he also makes a car. Hmm out of like a calculator that they use to get through the thing in the first place and they're riding around on for like half the the movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh... Then, like... I don't know. So we, we get... Through Poindexter's eyes, because they're following, he's explaining everything to the professor. We get sort of an explanation. Says so apparently, like there's two places total in this dimension. There's a shanty town with a circus tent in the middle called Progress City, and a castle with three residents. But. Progress City. There's like a smoke thing they never revisit. He mentions that the buildings are designed to keep the smoke in. And then later on we see the Duke of Zill smoking like a hookah or something. (laughs) But that's it. There's no... I began to think of like a smoke idea. This movie and then abandoned it. This movie runs at a breakneck pace and never lets up, except for like a couple of scenes, which go on for extremely long periods of time for inexplicably. Uh, we'll get to that in just a bit but yeah like there are so many ideas that are brought up and then never mentioned again it's I don't know just feels like the um they probably need to go through a few more script revisions before they actually went ahead and figure out what to do with the plot of this movie because it's just it feels like you know talk about this never mention it again talk about this never mention it again you know there's this this guy is a shrink ray uh, never use it again oh this place keeps pollution within the city walls weird Never brought up again. It feels very breathless. Like, it's made sort of... It's like a kid trying to explain the story to you. Yes, that is... That actually, you know, that actually... Is exactly how this movie feels. It's just... Yeah. You nailed that. You nailed the... Hit the nail on the head. That's how that phrase goes. Yeah. If you try to be like, wait, can you go back to the... No! Because you forgot already. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, Felix is taking for this weird lizard goblin thing with a goblin-headed pen.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That, like... Has a really long tongue, keeps doing tongue gags with, and this goblin wants money. And this is where the labyrinth really comes in to me, <laughs> because you've got all these weird hideous little Muppet-looking monster things, and the place they've been is like a, a bog of stink. So it's, uh. Yeah, I just got very strong labyrinth thoughts from this. Mm. Um. He. He takes Felix's bag and puts him in a cell. Then he brings Felix up to see his bag. And then takes his bag and puts him in a cell. Well, he explains to him that, like, Felix is basically trapped there. Like, he's not going to let Felix go. But he's going to make Felix work for him in order for Felix to get some food for the day. To get his daily bread or whatever. Because he runs like a a slave circus? Yeah. He has like trapped a bunch of No one. mm -hmm. Sorry, but yeah, yeah. No, you go ahead. It's. Oh, he's just. It's flabbergasting. It's, it's pretty horrifying because there are just all these... Well, we don't actually see that many acts because we only ever... Re... Like, we see Felix at a couple points. and We see that the princess was captured and she is also... She performs a dance uh, for the for the crowd, and I guess they also have uh, they also have satellite TV because they can watch it also in the next country over. And then there are. So, so, the, the mouse lizards yeah the ballet mouse lizards called mizards mm-hmm. and there's we never see them perform but there's there's yeah we do big hippo uh, no sorry we never see these other ones perform. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. there's there's big hippo lady, and there's like a seal, and uh, three brothers that are some animal, but I couldn't tell what, and one snores. Mm. Yeah, um, we see several of them at some point but we never see their acts we just know they exist there's a band of cats that's chained up (laughs) like the musical act and no one wants to escape except felix so i guess they're just like i don't it's just how this Place works I think the thing is that uh, well it's explained a bit later that the, the Duke of Zill the guy who uh, took over Oriana with his cubes and cylinder army he, what he like was banished from Oriana to because like some invention that he and his brother had invented blew up in his face and disfigured him so he was banished to Zill and they he like told them I am your new leader and they accepted him like nothing so because he's just twice as tall as everyone else yeah pretty much and he has the, the sort of like you said the Mysterio uh, helm on his head on his shoulders I should say So, I think pretty much all of the, I don't know, the residents of this circus thing, like they had no reason to want to leave, I guess, because they just figured, well, this is just my lot life is to be chained up and do these weird acts once a day or twice a day or whatever for a crowd of what sounds like three people cheering into a microphone every so often. <sighs> But I mean the only it doesn't an a huge crowd, but like, it's definitely a bunch of Oh guys. yeah. No, it it looks like it's a big crowd of, you know, dozens of people, but it only sounds like there are like three or four people on the recording studio it's just like uh, nah. a bunch. Also, well, uh, apparently, like we. So, Duke of Zil—that's just his name, right? The Duke of Zill? He doesn't have—he he, a... doesn't have an actual name. He's just called the Duke of Zill. Yeah. Yeah, because before I before I rose the place was called Zill I thought his name was Zill hmm so I don't know but uh so comes on a big screen everyone dances and sings best song in the movie because <laughs> I can tell it's actually a song that's kind of funny um Felix starts doing bad stand-up. Well, no, we get we get the miser dance first. Or the, right, right, which right. is okay. I had to watch because I was curious. This scene takes more than two minutes of the entire movie's runtime. This movie's like an hour, 10 minutes long, right? Yeah. It's not a long movie. This movie, this particular scene of just watching the, the mouse lizards tap dance takes more than two minutes. And just what I think is funny is that there's an info dump scene a little while later with Felix and the princess that lasts less time than this. <laughs> it's like, where are your priorities that you take you know, 3% of your entire movie's run time to dedicate to this one scene of mice tap dancing and having the what? crowd initially boo them and then over the course of two minutes cheer them. It's like why? I mean it establishes what the the Mizzards powers are which is they can make Infinity of themselves out of hats which never comes up
1: again.
0: <laughs> what does come up again is that they can eat through steel which does not come into the act and it's not demonstrated here.
1: <laughs>
0: uh but yeah, Felix comes yes. up after them. And he does this terrible stand-up. There's also a point, and I wrote this down because this just, it stuck out to me, because when he's, he's, after he does his stand-up, and he wants to use the magic bag to entertain the crowd, and he says wait where's my bag and then he immediately pokes his head directly between his legs it's like all right this movie's not very subtle (laughs) I missed that part too Hmm. might be subtle I don't know, maybe or it is. There's that weird sort of hidden 80s hornies and everything. Yeah. Also, how does he know the princess is here? Because he he says after stand-up that he wants to stick around and watch the princess dance. Did anyone mention that the princess was there? I don't know like if he did Oh no! He sees a he finds a flyer that advertises that she's oh, gonna be dancing. Okay. Okay. Never mind. That's a non-complaint on my part then. Okay. Uh. Yeah. So he finishes his terrible stand-up. They take his bag away again. The princess dances in a bubble. And then it shows that... the I guess her uncle's Duke, right? Yeah. It's just... Every day watches her dance on cable. Yeah. And, and that's the only reason she's doing it? I guess he just... He wants her to suffer because she has well it's found out later on that she knows the location of this book of ultimate power which is what the Duke actually wants so until yeah, until it's a, it, Wants it being like a live-laugh love sign. Uh, I don't know what that is. That's a spoiler. That's a spoiler. Never mind. No, it's okay. I don't actually get the reference anyway. Okay. But anyway. Yeah. So he's like watching on this big screen TV, uh, in, within Oriana, and Pearl is there, and she's in the cage, and when she sees, uh, the princess, I think she has an orgasm, because it really sounds like she does. Pearls the Fortune Tower, lady? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's... Those two sounds are pretty close together sometimes. Like the anguish and the jizzing noise. I don't know. If you go back and listen to it, it sounds a lot like she's orgasming. That's all I'm gonna say. I'll listen to it again. uh, I'm gonna watch this movie at least once a week from now until when I die, so... Okay. I'll, uh... I'll, I'll, I'll check it out again. Okay. This movie's amazing. It's a new part of my religion. <laughs> <laughs> so, so So then the, they're all back in their, their cells for the night. Felix gets his own. Princess gets his own. Everyone else shares one, I guess. But these These mizards are under his bed all the time. And he asks, like, how do you get in here? And they're like, we make tunnels. And he's like, can you make me a tunnel? And they're like, okay. (laughs) So that's how he (laughs) his clever escape from his cell. They also say that they can't. They actually say they can't tunnel through steel because the walls on the outside are made of steel and they can't go through that. But I guess the walls of the circus or of the cells are made of like, I don't know, iron? Cause they're still clearly metal, like you could have raised a lot fewer questions if their walls were just made out of wood or something, but they don't yeah. do that. Oh shit, I missed something. I had to I have to mention oh. something. Cause of course, by all means when we get when we first see the princess dancing And then there's a scene transition to where we switch to, you know, the Duke and Pearl and everyone watching her. But on screen, it actually says, Meanwhile, back in Oriana's kingdom. Like... It's as though they think that the people who are watching this movie don't understand that two different scenes can be happening at the same time. (laughs) It's just... One is showing a video of the other one. Yeah, it's like, I just thought that was... ...a little funny that they're like... ...well, we can't really trust the audience... ...to be intelligent enough to realize... ...that the princess can be dancing over... ...in this part of the, of the world... ...but then other people are watching her... ...dance in another part of the world. So... I just I mean, thought that was funny. We fine. make fun, but it's possible this movie's actually brilliant, and we just don't get it because we're too dumb. Probably. Like, that could be exactly what's going on. We're like, why would they go the thing? But then the smart people know exactly why they went in the thing. Yeah, I guess so. That's the only logical explanation. Could happen. No. So they they eat through the wall for him and he sees Rhino Lady and Seal and Otter, they're all asleep and breaks into the princess's room, and she wakes up, and he's just at the foot of her bed, like a shadow man. <laughs> um, <laughs> and he keeps saying, like, I'm gonna bust you out of here, and then she keeps doing the like, no! <laughs> uh, Like the, the very... I just, I haven't seen this any other movie. I think it would be pretty funny. Like, can you imagine uh, if, you know, the the, the big climactic scene is the guy breaks into the castle, like, you know, hey, my name's Luke Skywalker, I'm here to rescue. She's like, no, you're not. (laughs) (laughs) Just (laughs) won't go with (laughs) them. That'd be amazing. (laughs) And then she just gets captured, and the movie's over in 20 minutes. Yeah, (laughs) just refuses to go. (laughs) But he. He he tells her, like, no, I followed your crazy fairy tear. And she's like, oh, that was my crazy fairy tear. And then she laughs at him. Because she's like, wait, you're the person who's supposed to save me? And then she just laughs in his face. Which is pretty fair, he's a, he's a cat without a magic bag. Yeah. Like, like you've shut up with a magic bag, fair enough. When I see a cat without a magic bag, I was like, ha! Sucker.
1: <laughs>
0: Can't help myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, she tells the backstory of, uh, uh, what, the, the, so the, the backstory oh, sorry, sorry. Story of Zill, which, uh, and Duke, which is a normal-ass looking uncle who blowed himself up and then got banished to Zill. Right. So the whole... Because of reasons. The whole deal with Oriana is that I think it's supposed to be some sort of like a utopia because... From what I remember, the king and the duke, the father and the uncle, were working on some sort of machine to, like, eliminate labor within their, like, within the dimension, I guess, so people don't have to, like, work really hard in order to live. Was that the cube... cube and cylinder robots? No, that was the thing that they were working on before it blew up, before it disfigured the, the Duke. And then there's also a point like at the beginning of the movie where like the princess is trying to I think Grumper's trying to tell the dissuade the princess from uh, signing some sort of bill that will give people like more credit I guess so if they want to Stuff that they can. I don't know. It's, it feels like they're trying to build a little utopia, services. sorry, utopian society with that sort of the backstory of it. Yeah, but, but I just wondered because I don't know where he gets the cubes and the cylinders, and I wonder if those were supposed to be the like new labor thing Uh, it's entirely possible because well I think Well, we find out later that he's the Duke is I mean he's obviously an inventor because one of the other things that he invented was the sort of uh, robotic horses So,
1: oh yeah
0: yeah so he he's around actually those, He's definitely like an inventor so he probably just came up with the cubes cubes and cylinders uh, later on I would imagine fair enough. But we also hear for the first time about this book of ultimate knowledge, which is hidden somewhere. Yeah. Uh, this one, when Felix, like, Yeah, no, I know what you mean. They don't have hot dogs here, so I'm pretty miserable too. <laughs> She's like, You're such a good friend, Felix, <laughs> and hugs <her>. I know. <laughs> and it's so weird (laughs) Yep. and there was also a song playing behind this when you know when he makes the joke about they don't have hot dogs with sauerkraut and she's like you're such a good friend and then the song that plays behind it is called hold on I have to find the the name of this movie here or the name of the song here. It's called something more than friends even though she explicitly says you're such a good friend Oh, so they're fucking Yeah, and this is where I started to get the major Sonic 06 vibes, because, like, this feels exactly the same as that sort of story. And Fritz the Cat vibes. Yeah, exactly. It all comes full circle. And Howard the Duck vibes. I really want to watch Howard the Duck again. It's been, like, 20 years since I've seen it. I know it's bad, but I really want to see it again. I want to make a list of how many characters in the 80s and 90s were, like, cartoon animals having sex with human women. And if it's more than five, I feel like we should write a paper on it. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs>
0: it's, it's not gonna say anything good about our culture, but I feel like it needs to be noticed. <laughs> we could do a TED Talk about Anyway, it. I should do more TED Talks. <laughs> The, the- problem is getting a tank big enough to hold me on stage quickly is the past true. Like it's kinda the... Cause we're manatees. Yeah. Uh, so Poindexter circuits in. <laughs> Yeah, they um they buy t- yeah t- sorry no no I was, I was just gonna say they, they buy tickets to get into the next day's circus yeah with bugs and flowers and wrenches is what they take for money I didn't get the entire list because the lady who is taking tickets talked too quickly for me to pay attention but it was something like that's fair yeah it was like bugs or something or something or something or something or something or something something else it's like i didn't pay attention to any of that but yeah and it costs extra if you're aquatic because they have wet seats also (laughs) mm-hmm There's like a whole dialogue back and forth, trying to world build, which was... Would have been interesting if there was any more of it before or after this. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So they get in. Felix makes a deal with Tim... Pim. Pim. Jim? Pim. Pim. Uh, and the princess, and the band, and the wizards, and basically everyone. He just sort of goes around to everyone like, Hey, did you guys want to escape? And everyone in the world something like, We hadn't thought of that before, but yes. <laughs> so... <laughs> He has a plan, but the plan is... He just keeps telling everyone, wait for my signal, and then there's no plan. Yeah. So, something's going to happen sometime. Uh, this is where you first get the Duke of Zill's hookah helmet, which never comes back. And I wonder what it is. <laughs> And then Felix makes magic bubbles well and they all float away. Well Whack tells him that uh, don't tell jokes, just do you know your stunts with bag so it like gets on the still uh, power yeah so he does that and then he he asks uh, he asks Wack to Wack is the the weird creepy lizard goblin guy Um, but he tells yeah, he asks Wack like can I actually like perform with princess and for some reason Wack is being very (sighs) lenient lenient yeah accommodating lenient with Felix because he constantly like Felix is asking him for stuff and he's like I like you so I'll let you do this thing. I was like, you and I would I let him see the, watch the princess dance and then this time it's like, oh well, I'll let you perform with the princess so as there as the princess is doing her dance and the same song is playing behind her which is a song, by the way. And listeners, you should go listen to this song. It's called Face to the Wind. It's a really cool, just like instrumental song that uh, the princess dances to. But Felix... I can't tell if you're being sarcastic or not, is it actually? It's a really good song. Okay, yeah. It's instrumental, but it's still like a really cool, like, backing song that uh, plays over her dancing. But, no, I believe you. Yeah, I was just, I was just wondering, because I'm, I'm, being half ironic and half serious when I come from this movie. And I never know if you aren't. No, the. I'm, I'm a hundred percent serious when I say that the music is, I know that this might not sound like a compliment, but the music is the best part of this film and the music is really good in this film. Okay. But, uh, so oh, cool. Yeah. So, Felix actually turns his magic bag into a saxophone, and he plays along with the song. Unfortunately, there is no version of that available on the internet to listen to, but there is a version of this the bass theme of the Face to the Wind song. And then. Souls have to go in audacity and isolate it myself. Yeah, exactly. So he plays the saxophone along while she's dancing. And then the saxophone creates these bubbles. And then everyone gets in the bubbles and they fly away. Yeah. And then, like, someone falls, right, and destroys the entire circus tent, so he kills most of the people he had alliance with. Th- was it Whack who tried to, like, grab onto one of the bubbles or something? What was the truth? That sounds right. It? But then, like, the band doesn't get away. And the other performers don't get away, and the mizards, i guess the mizards do, because we find out later they stole away. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, they—they—they're all going through the thing. Tim and the princess and uh, uh, Felix. They find some, basically, motorcycles. What I don't understand is, why don't they just stay in the bubbles and fly to Oriolo? Like, why... Oriolo, It does seem like a better method of transportation. Yeah. Like, but are they, I can the pub, I mean, I don't know the rules of bubbles, seems like they can only go up, right? They don't really, I don't know, I wasn't, it's just wind? Probably, I wasn't really paying that close attention. I feel like this movie doesn't exactly follow the laws of physics. Uh, well... I feel, I feel like it definitely does, and you're being unfair. Well, no. Um, I mean, I, like, there's... I think everything that happens in this movie has a solid scientific backing. Okay, that's fair. But there was also a point where Felix is walking through the swamp much earlier. And I mentioned specifically that it feels like he's disobeying the laws of physics when he's jumping across these rocks. Because he's like floating and it's very strange. He's like jumping and his his jump pattern or jump path does not seem to make any sort of logical sense so I don't know yeah but it's it's, it's cause of the he's a cat right I, guess, I mean I guess he's not Simon Belmont and his jump isn't locked into a specific direction once he starts his jump. So. Yeah, he's about he's for Alucard. card, Where he's for yeah. double jump and reverse it. Okay, whatever. Fine, you've convinced me. So yeah, yeah. they find the fucking, like, mechanical horse scooter things. Basically motorcycles that look like they're made out of beer kegs, kind of. Yeah, pretty much. They're kind of rad. Like I want one, but they they get on, they fly away, and then they stop a couple minutes later because Felix straight up forgot his magic bag. Yeah. Like, it didn't get grabbed, it didn't get snagged on anything, just like, oh, I left it on the ground when I saw the motorcycles because it was my entire character until (laughs) a minute ago. Uh, I can't believe I left it, this is tragic. Literally five seconds later, uh, Point X and the Professor catch up with him We're like, Oh, we found your bag. Which I thought his entire motivation was stealing that bag. Yeah, that I wrote that in caps in my notes. Like, he came back. He gave, he gives the bag back to Felix and I wrote down, like, what's the point of you following Felix to this entirely different dimension if you're trying to steal the bag, but you're just going to give it back to him? Yeah, what is... This is the first time where I was like, wait a second. Some parts of this movie are a little
1: inconsistent. (laughs) (laughs) Um.
0: (laughs) So he he gets the bag back. And also they they don't leave. This is the Chekhov's gun thing in this movie. It's always within less than half a minute. Like, nothing can simmer at all. So he he loses the bag. Not even the next scene. Same scene gets the bag back through no actions of his own. Um, And then... they... A dragon comes out and says Stella? Yeah. Um and, and like quote streetcar named desire for a couple seconds and then they run away from it. Yeah, because I right? guess the cylinders are and cubes are approaching, so they're like they're leaving in a different direction, but yeah, then this this dragon who's trying to do his best Marlon Brando impression comes up and starts saying, I could have been a contender, and that scares everyone away. Yeah, what? I... there there are so many like random moments in this movie that just reference other pop culture things that are again never mentioned again like there was a scene again I hate to keep going way back into this movie but there was a point, like, where Felix is just entering that mine where he comes across a human skull, and then he says something like, Boy, you sure I... can use a Big Mac. And it's like, Right, the skull. Sc- it starts to move. He's talking back and forth with it. But, like,. he's he's referencing like Big Macs and stuff, and it's like, I feel like they probably didn't get, I don't know if Big Mac was a trademark name by that point, but I feel like they probably didn't get any sort of permission to use the for Big Mac. For that sort of thing. But you know, it's like, he's, he's making fun of the skeleton for no reason. And then when he turns away it starts to move but then he just leaves? <laughs> well, I mean Felix is so self-absorbed with the jokes that he tells that he's just laughing constantly at, you know, the jokes he tells. So he didn't even notice that the skull was moving. <laughs> right, but I'm saying they have a, like, a lich in this movie for half a second, Mm -hmm. it's not. And it's never brought up again. It's a running theme. I've been really high before, (laughs) but... Never as high as being completely sober, trying to meet this movie at yeah, some level. It's amazing. It's like what? 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 Okay. Speaking of dream logic, they run from they run from the Marlon Brando uh, dragon. And come out of a nose on a giant face. Mm-hmm. It's never dressed after that, but they're on a giant face and the force made of hair. And one of them says the line, and I quote. This hair forest is home to the headhunters. They're always hunting heads, even their own. Everyone's like, okay, let's go through the hair forest. Whatever. Well, I mean, the alternative. It's fine. The alternative to this is for them to go around. The forest, and who knows what other, even more potentially horrifying things they could encounter when they're going around the forest of hairs. They never mention the fact they're on a giant face. No, no, they we don't. Just are. It kind of makes me this wonder. It's just where they. You go ahead No, that's that's my whole thought. Oh, it just kind of makes me wonder if this entire dimension is actually just a person, and they've just been wandering around as this person's body for the last. Three minutes or so? Only resills the butthole or something? Yeah. And, uh, I don't know what Oriana would be, but mm. the heart. No. Oh. do I'm gonna, I need to snort dish soap until it makes sense. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't think any amount of drugs is going to make this movie make any more sense than it, than it does right now. I think there's an exact perfect amount of drugs that will make this make sense, <laughs> and it's what, uh, Don Ariolo was on when he made it.
1: <laughs>
0: Oriolo. Oriolo. That's what I was worried I was gonna say. <laughs> 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 Shit. <laughs> I would clap, but it would beat uh, my microphone. No, I'm not trying to make fun, I just, I, I'm worried I was gonna say that every time I'd send this I No, that's did. fair. Um, <laughs> okay, so, so going through the hair forest, cause there's a hair forest.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It, Suddenly, get attacked by a flying head, and the princess is straight up bleeding out of a gash in her arm. (laughs) Uh, And it's also very labyrinth because remember, there's those like those those red throw their own heads around gas. Oh, yeah, I totally watched that movie. Oh, right, that was a Me and Tony one, wasn't it? Yeah. Sorry. It's <laughs> okay. Sorry. You should. It's better than this. Oh, no, um, I'm. I'm. I definitely want to. You can see David Bowie's entire cock. Okay. Which is weird, because it's a kid's movie. I mean, this is a kids' movie too. Got it. I mean, yeah, but it doesn't have. I, I, I'm just saying, it doesn't have like, like famous sex icons, genitals, uh, in it, sort of, in focus in
1: Grey
0: Pants. <laughs> it could. It could, and it wouldn't be out of place. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, watch Labyrinth, you guys. It's a good movie. I mean, it's not, but, you know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, didn't Poindexter use C C-4 to kill all the robots? No, wait, that was before... That was, that before, was before, before, yeah. yeah they yeah. they, like, strap a bunch of explosives to the... uh, the rocket horses, and then they just shoot them off and blow up all the cylinders. Yeah, for... I forgot that part. I just thought it was significant because he definitely takes, like, a lot of plastic out mm-hmm. and uses it to explode the enemies mm-hmm. in this movie. Uh, but okay, so there's heads, right? I'm getting so confused. They, they get attacked by flying heads. Princesses princess is... is Gushing blood. Um, it cuts from Pim running to Pim fighting in the background while everyone else runs. There's zero continuity moment to moment. Princess isn't bleeding anymore. Princess is bleeding. Princess is bleeding anymore they find all the bodies of those heads throwing spears at them. Uh, but fortunately, Felix mashing bags with a bunch of hats and they get distracted. And then everybody falls into water. Yep. That is an accurate assessment of this scene. And then they mourn him yeah. because it's like, well, I guess he's dead because we left him behind. And four seconds I, later, he's fine. Than... That's exactly what wrote four seconds later. just happened to the and again we're not exaggerating it's the same scene yeah and I don't know where he got the boat but he, he did he just he got the boat mhm and also I don't know where they are They keep falling downwards into water. They never go up hills. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just always water further down than where they are. Uh, And now they're at the castle. And... the, The... the story isn't arcing so much, but it was around this point, and there was like ten minutes left in the movie. I like, hey, "What? <laughs> what's going <laughs> to Every time I like, I, every time I looked at the the time, uh, the time left in this movie, I thought, "Wait." How is there? How is this much time already passed in this movie? Like after ten minutes? It's yeah, like, I was like, is this a? Is this a part one? Is this a two parter or something? Like, nope. <laughs> Where are now it just you know to to forecast what I realized by looking down the time thing. We're like 10 minutes from the end of the movie. A bunch of shit's about to <laughs> I guess. <laughs> or so you would think, but not really. <laughs> so they're at the castle. All of a sudden, mm, there's the, a secret the tunnel end. up to it. Back entrance, yeah. There's a secret tunnel song that popped into my head. Mm-hmm. I don't know where it's from. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, not off the top of my head. Secret tunnel. I don't know where that's from. I gotta find out. It's been bothering me for a day. Anyway, there's... There's a secret tunnel. The, the princess starts like, oh no, what have they done to my place? Now that it's like encrusted in diamonds and looks way better. <laughs> but they climb up, they come out of like this big chessboard floor thing. I'm reminded very briefly of DuckTales, Legend of the Lost Lamp, which is also a better movie. I actually, I on a rock, love that movie. Oh, shit, that one. Never mind, I'm getting distracted. <laughs> she discovers that the obviously evil old man is, in fact, evil. She discovers Mm -hmm. is what I wrote. Um, I'm falling apart psychologically at this point. My (laughs) notes, I can tell just how the sentences are going. Felix is like, Oh, someone we don't like? I'm going to lynch him. And he turns (laughs) his (laughs) back. Into a lasso a noose. But a robot grabs it and takes it away from him. And that's that. That's the whole thing. Yeah. The Duke, uh, he wants the book. She's not going to give him the book. But he's, he threatens her friends. So she gives him the book. Which it turns out. Was right there inside a column next to the throne, but he had, like, no password to get in or something. Which is just a very simple rhyme that she was probably taught as a child. Yeah, and he wasn't because he was probably already exiled by that point. Oh, maybe. I don't know. But now, this Book of Ultimate Power, he opens it up, and it doesn't have pages. It has, like, a little scrolling, like, tablet sign. And it just says, Truth, Love, Wisdom. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is why, if you ever see those towels, or those... yeah, it's like towels and placemats and throw pills. Just say live, laugh, love on them. Oh, that's what you meant from earlier. Okay. I finally yeah, That's what it. I was making yeah. fun of. Okay. okay. I gotcha. just. Just one of those very twee and, and trade little truth, love, wisdom. That's it. That's the entire book. Yeah. We killed so many trees for this. (laughs) Three words. He's real mad, as am I. Uh, (laughs) So he brings out Master Cylinder. Actually, actually, Master Cylinder was a character in the original the 50s Felix the Cat cartoon. I looked that no up because I, because on the Wikipedia page, Master Cylinder has its own link. And I thought this is weird. I want to see why it why Master Cylinder is important enough to get its own Wikipedia page. Turns out, it was a character from the 50s uh, Phyllis the Cat cartoon. And it was, a, it was not... That's awesome. But it was not created by the Duke Zill, according to Wikipedia, Master Cylinder is an evil cylindrical robot who first appeared in the 1958 episode "Master Cylinder, King of the Moon." He is always trying to kidnap Poindexter. I I don't know why Poindexter, but oh wait, so he can use Poindexter's intellect. weapons and equipment Uh, it is revealed that he was once a pupil of the professor uh, in an academy unit and an explosion destroyed his original body holy shit they took master cylinder was basically it transformed into the Duke of Zill for this movie. Yeah. Which they should have just left his master cylinder because then it makes a lot more sense to all the bad guys are cylinders. Yeah, exactly. And cubes. That makes less sense. But it sounds it's a- like a much better movie. Right? Ah, I mean, this movie's almost perfect. (laughs) You could have made it perfect if you replaced the Duke of Zill with Master Cylinder the whole time. But I just want to mention real quick that while the Duke of Zill is monologuing about How incredible and amazing Master Cylinder is. Felix is, like, in the background dragging the book away. Which is totally not going to be important. Eight seconds from now, this movie has no (laughs) pacing. We know how this movie do. Yeah. Master Cylinder has one line in the movie. <laughs> and he says, you're grass, and I'm a lawnmower. Yep.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's the line.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Your grass, and I'm... Uh, uh, I might be misquoting, might say, it's like you're... I, there might be something else, but... As over your grass, I'm a lawnmower. He's, yeah. That's all the it says. It's amazing. Yeah. But the book is also a bomb. So uh he Felix throws the book at Master Cylinder and it explodes. Explodes Yep. And and that's the climactic fight of this movie. The resulting explosion is apparently the, well, the explanation for this is I wrote this entire this entire statement down from Poindexter the reason purity of the gold? Well, yeah, because he says, he says obviously is the first line of this or the first word of this line. Obviously the master cylinder circuitry reacted adversely to the purity of the gold binding on the ancient book therefore shorting out its system and all of the all of the Duke cylinders and cubes which derive their power from the master cylinder. Simple. Oh well, that makes sense. Yep. Um, I mean that was George Luke's this entire idea for how to end Phantom Menace. <laughs> so like Clearly it wasn't a bad idea then. That move is great, so, oh, for sure. Also, it, it, the Duke of just disappears also though, right? Yeah, he just, he disappears and says, I'll get you next time. Yeah. Should've been Master Cylinder all along. Mm-hmm. Just, just tighten up that writing just a little bit, mm-hmm. guys. Like I said, a couple more script revisions could have actually been like... It, I mean, it, it already has five-star rating, so... Maybe yeah, we'll I mean, it's, like it's 10 out of 10, but it could have been like... 11. 10. Better than all the could, other 10 out of It could have been up to 11. I really am going to go on Amazon and do that. <laughs> but, um... So, yeah, and then... At this point, we got like 12 seconds off the movie or something. <laughs> uh, Princess invites him to stay, but they're like, no... Now, and then Felix didn't it, cancel the milkman. He has to go back. Yeah. Yeah, and also, he hasn't. There's nothing good about this world. He's in the only house that doesn't suck, and there's only three people there, one of whom's evil. Mm-hmm. So, like, I get why he doesn't want to stay. Uh, But turns out they're all gonna leave. I mean, he's gonna leave and the Professor's gonna leave and and Poindexter's gonna leave. Um, Turns out the teleporter doesn't work on gold. So the Professor and Poindexter are going to have to leave all the gold. I forgot they cared about it all. <laughs> um, but Felix's gold is okay, because he only has a heart of gold. And that's the end of the movie. It's such a so Genuine and wonderfully as a heart of gold in the credits roll. Well, now Felix's creepy blue head comes out to stare at us during the credits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. And this is when I realized for the first time the screen is by Don Oriolo. Not Joe alone. Mm-hmm. And then it all sort of fell into place. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's like, oh. <laughs> um, God, I don't have that many more thoughts about this movie. I'm just... It's like waking up, you know? It was like waking up after a weird dream and then trying to explain it to a friend and they're like yeah no one actually wants to hear about your dreams <laughs>
1: that's not
0: thinking people actually want to do <laughs> um yeah the- Sam would you yeah I was just gonna ask what you thought of this movie and sound like you were gonna <laughs> launch it to anyone only No, the only other thing I wanted to mention that was about this was that uh, Don Ariolo not only, like, wrote the movie or wrote the script for the movie, I assume, he also did a lot of the music for this movie so like he actually has i think he has his own like guitar company or something i looked him up for a brief, for a brief moment but yeah when you look him up all his pictures are of a just a a happy kind of cool looking guy with either a guitar or a painting of Felix the cat yeah he's a painter and musician and he's, he seems very pleased I don't want I want to rag on him much because like he seems like a fun human being yeah um this wasn't a very good movie. <laughs> but it was. It did. We oh glad. It, it did rhyme with how like Felix the cat, the character, though. Even though not for anything he says in this movie. Like I watched it and then I watched 45 minutes of cartoons on YouTube (laughs) from the 50s (laughs) you know I mean honestly for me this movie was not as bad as I was expecting it to be which I know is not really saying much but it it had a certain very sort of disturbing charm to it I mean like certain characters had certain disturbing charms to them like like, the, the prospector. Like, he was obviously an evil character because he lured Felix to be captured by by the black guy. He's a slaver, his yeah. well. <laughs> but, like, he's also, you know, the, the stereotypical whimsical prospector from the 1840s or whatever and uh, yeah I mean certain characters are alright and like I said the music is fucking amazing in this movie but it's like it's not like I was I was legitimately expecting this to be like one of the worst movies I've ever watched in my life. And it isn't. Which again is really not saying a lot, but it's not even like in the worst movies I've seen for this podcast. <laughs> Like there are like far the art worse. Is good. Mm. Yeah, the, the, the art is good, the animation's good. I wasn't as impressed by the music as you were, but I, I'll listen to it again. Cause I also wasn't turned off by the music, and that's surprising. It's really only the only the pacing and the fact that nothing is connected to anything else like if I could watch this movie visually it's fine I would watch this movie on me no problem mm-hmm. um and make it my own story which would probably make more sense <laughs> but <laughs> yeah it's just What's weird about it is just the... The the pure dream logic... This then, this, then this, then this, then this... Nothing connected to anything thing. Yeah. And it... I haven't seen anything else... Like this... In that respect. I, I think the, uh... Food of Dark described it as like a a weird acid trip of a movie
1: <laughs>
0: and it kind of is except the acid trips I've been on still have more connective tissue <laughs> than this movie did. <laughs> But like nothing about is is low quality. It's just such a strange, strange written story script, you know. Yeah, to say this uh, to say this movie moves at a breakneck pace would be giving it not quite enough credit for how fast it moves and how just how much it just like how, how few things it actually bothers to keep from scene to scene like there's no there's no like I said there's no connecting thread between anything except the characters and even then that's a tenuous thread at best. Yeah, and I, I feel like like pacing is almost the wrong word because pacing implies there's like a beginning and then like milestones you pass mm-hmm. in a certain order, a certain time. Like, it doesn't have pacing because it just sort of does whatever second to second, you know? Yeah, like, like normally, normally, like, it, it's what? it's like watching a visualizer on iTunes or Winamp or whatever. It's <laughs> like, okay, now we're now it's like tendrils but okay now we're doing sort of a pipe thing I'm like oh it's crystal sound. <laughs> you just yeah most of the time when I watch one of these movies I'll, I'll there's usually a fairly distinct to me a fairly distinct division between like first act, second act, third act This movie does not have that. It just goes from scene to scene. And there's just... There's no stopping. It just continues on at whatever pace it wants to continue at. And there's nothing that any of us can do to stop it, basically. But then all the stills are pretty well drawn. Like, the animation's wonky and out of sync. Um, There were a couple times when, like, perspective was weird. Someone would be turning, then suddenly just be there because the... There's a term in animation. I don't know what it is, but, like, they'll, they'll... They'll have the really professional artists do, like, sort of storyboard-y things. And then other artists go in to fill in the in-between motions. I think that's just what it's called. It's probably just fill in or filler or something. Yeah, the... the it's oh, it's like, like keyframes, I think, maybe? right? Say keyframes, I think. That might be something like it. That sounds right. I don't know. I'm I'm not an the, the keyframes all seemed good, and like you pause at most moments of the movie, and it looks fine.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's just... It's, I don't even know. I, um, it's got that weird sort of surrealism that like old, like, Bakshi movies do. Mm-hmm. Like, the most animated movies of the time didn't, but like All Dogs Go to Heaven kind of does. Like, I don't know what it is, but there's a... I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. know Who I am, where I am, (laughs) what's going on in this movie. (laughs) Uh, What's weird to me is I feel like I didn't. I feel like this movie wasn't quite as much of a trip for me as it was for you. But like then again like I said before I wasn't paying super close attention to the animation style for most of it. It was just more I was more listening to it than watching it. So I feel like probably a lot of the... impact... of some of the animation and stuff was lost on me. Then again... the story was... batshit crazy. So... But still, I'm, I'm gonna say it's not that bad of a movie. I would say watch it. No, I. I, I feel like almost bad or good is on the wrong scale for this. That's like it's yeah. something that can't be either of those things, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, no, I was I was fascinated. Thank you, Druid of Dark, for suggesting this. I was fascinated by it um, and confused by it. <laughs> and resented, not a moment of watching it, um, I also have no idea what to do with it as like a, <laughs> a new piece of knowledge, you know? Yeah, it's... Hmm. Yeah, it doesn't... I feel like it can't really... It doesn't really feel... Fit into anything else, like any of the other stuff we watched. It just—it is sort of going to stand on its own. Like it's—it's it's going to be on a pedestal as just this odd. Irreverent. Just, I, I am. I don't know what other words to use for it, but just this strange sort of enigma, this sort of amalgamation of of oddities that just are just shoved together and just thrown at a wall and then, hey, there you go for 75 minutes, you get to watch this. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we found it free on YouTube. I do recommend it. Mm hmm. I don't even know where you can get it. It's not on any streaming service I found. Except YouTube. So I feel like it's not a crime. (laughs) But I don't know actually. I feel like no one's... Keeping track of the rights of this because it's on YouTube under the title Felix the Cat Yeah, so it's <laughs> I I recommend it I just can't say you'll like it or dislike it because it's not something you like or <laughs> <laughs> It's simply ...is. Yeah. It exists for your consumption and... ...it does not matter... ...whether you like it or not, because it doesn't care if you like it or not, it just is. Yeah. And it could have, but, but I can't suggest a couple places where it could have been better. Um. Master Cylinder is the villain. hmm Uh. Felix not having quite as many asides. And, um. You know. Uh. Uh having motivations for characters to go places and do things. But otherwise it was... I mean, that last ah, one... That last one, we've seen movies for this podcast that have less motivation for certain characters. Oh, it was nothing like the most distraught movie I've seen on this, don't get me wrong. <laughs> um, it might not even be in the bottom five for that, <laughs> but... <laughs> No, I, uh... I guess I liked it, or I liked... Watching it. Yeah, I would say the same thing. I enjoyed watching it. Uh, The music is fantastic. You can just find a... If... If anyone wants to listen to the soundtrack. There's only eight songs in this movie. You can just look it up on YouTube. Just look up Felix the Cat 1988 soundtrack. And someone's created a playlist of all of them. And you can listen to them. Oh, sweet. They're all in all of their 1980s glory. I will listen to those again. I, uh, I only remember the one, I won't remember the others. Yeah, I mean, Who is the Boss is by far the best song in this entire movie but like Face to the Wind is a really good backing track Um, Something More Than Friends is a little bit weird but kind of interesting and I don't remember any. Of these is it a ones. weird song or is this weird in context? Just a weird context of like, you know, cat having sex with woman sort of thing. Yeah. Which they don't actually for the record, it's just there's no There's no reason for that to be there no romance implied here. Yeah. Strange. <laughs> yeah. It's just female characters, so we know what that means, everyone. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that that's that's feels like yeah, 1988. Mm-hmm. Do recommend. Sounds like two recommends. Yeah. Definitely. There you go. Um... I don't know how to sign off at all. I don't... I don't know... anything I thought I knew. So I guess this movie really, um... really opened your mind, right? Yes. Okay. Cool. So, are you wa- are you walked me towards pun? Uh, I probably should have, but I wasn't.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm glad I can make you laugh there. Yeah, you know that'll work I'll sign off on that. Alright. <laughs> uh until next time. I'm I'm Ben. I'm Sam. And you're grass, and I'm a lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> This air force is home to the head of hundreds and there's always hunting heads even their own. <laughs> Obviously. you by our patrons at patreon.com slash matinee manatees if you like what you've heard and like to hear more consider becoming a patron donations start just one dollar a month and half of all profits after hosting costs go towards actual manatee habitat preservation you can listen to our podcast on itunes the stitcher app or on youtube our music was composed by kevin mcleod you can find this track and hundreds of others on his website in compotech.com thanks for listening